0: Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 10, Episode 4, titled Silence Silenced the Whisperers. Uh, Aaron, it, I, I don't know. Part of this episode I like, part of this episode I hate. Uh, it's kind of the same parts I've hated of the last episode or two. <laughs> uh, that that they, they continue to rehash here. Um yeah, I'm curious to hear what you thought of this episode though.
1: I think I, I'm I'm with you. I, I liked most of it, including all the main plots and the main characters. I don't know what they're doing with Magna. Um, I'll take that one, because I think that's my hobby horse, and then I'll let okay. you worry uh your your man later. Um but I I don't know. I think it's unfortunate. Um first off, let's talk about the stuff I really like. I really like this um exploration of like what makes good people bad like the the wearing of masks and that and how that can both be a savior how that can also drive you crazy uh how easily those masks can slip off when people are afraid um and seeing it all through the lens of negan and lydia um and some of the towns and that the thing that the only thing that i it's a little bit weak about that plot point is I feel like there should be one fairly beloved member of the cast. That's in the bully c- category now that maybe they can be swayed, but it's kind of, they, they've, they've rolled a perfect storm of like assholes, like, you know, <laughs> a, a, a highway lady that we only know because she stood up and said, we're the highway men, We think this sucks last episode ago. Yeah. And like the punk ass teenager from Hilltop, like throw in the one and, that and survived they, they have, being an
0: asshole two seasons ago. Yeah.
1: Yeah, a couple of times. And they have kind of sort of have a little bit of that with like Aaron looking the other way at the bit. bullying and like l- kind of Gabriel shirking the kind of same stuff too. Yeah. Only really Daryl's grappling with it. But I do think I wish there was a recognizable face that I'm like, oh, God, I kind of, man, I like that guy. I'm a little disappointed uh, to sell it. This, this, or to kind of show how. It's kind of understandable, like when you've lost as much as some of these people have lost, sometimes you just hate it. There, there's not a there's not a logic to it. They yeah. we try to act like there is, but it's just a visceral like you killed my brother, you son of a bitch. I, I hope you die. Sure. You know, and how do you live with people in that in society? Um. I, so I, I really like that stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Magna. I, I kind of it it's so we found i think for the first time that we found out that the magna has um uh well a romantic relationship with Yukimo, which I think they've hinted at before um or outright stated but i there's this kind of like potential power imbalance that in the before times uh Yukimo was her lawyer defense attorney did you want me so, to correct you on on her name <laughs> is it is what is it yukimo you close umiko yeah God damn it. My dyslexia strikes again. Yeah. Uh, Miko. I should just start calling Miko. And then I, that's sure. just two syllables. I can keep track of. Y- Yumi um, or Miko.
0: Either one would work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. M- Miko. Um, She did. So have this relationship, which, you know, again, in the before times, that would be considered inappropriate. Like Miko would lose her license for that kind of relationship. I don't know whether it was, a uh, very client attorney and then after the apocalypse they became close but there's a little bit of hurt feeling you know like you know she feels like she's being managed that there's a little paternalistic thing there there's there's an imbalance in the power it's unfortunate though cuz they've also shown that Magna is one of the most hot-headed n- ill-considered rash people in the group several times last season putting the group in danger vis-a-vis their new saviors by smuggling weapons and going back on their word and not pitfalling the rules for, for, you know, new processes or whatever, mm-hmm. maybe understandable reasons given, you know, her background of being in jail and all that kind of stuff. But still it sucks that I'm predisposed to think, well, you kind of need to, you know, listen to what the group has to say and take, you know, like there's, you're not very good at that Magna. So like,
0: I don't know, but maybe they want me to feel that way about her. Yeah. And I mean, they tried to bring her that around. Makes, that makes that. her
1: insufferable, though.
0: Yeah. The last season, I I recall a scene where she, like, did all her hot headed bullshit and then, like, apologized to Michonne about it or something. last It was all season. still unilateral. Like, she was, yeah, the yeah.
1: group had a consensus and she bucked it. And yeah. It, yeah. Well, yeah. She cleaned, she
0: partially cleaned up the mess that she created. Right. Yeah, yeah that'll, that'll, it, you're right like the character consistency has always been I mean we have a term for it it's called moralizing, right where you mm-hmm. flip flop back and forth and you just change your character on a whim based on what the episode needs you to do hopefully yeah. they're not going to do that with her hopefully they're they're building yeah. somewhere you know a stronger base with her but who knows yeah.
1: so uh, that was my deal what was your what was yours what's your thoughts on the episode
0: uh, I I like uh, 90% of it. Um, I think it was kind of cool, you know, having this this tree fall down on the hilltop. And it seems like, yeah, I guess I like those, that scene with Judith and Michonne where she's talking about like bullies and and Judith is like, oh, yeah, bullies. You know, there are several types of bullies. And one of the types is. They try and get you tired. Um, they they try and get you distracted and so they can take advantage of your weaknesses. Framing Michonne as a baby bully. I love it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> right, yeah, poor RJ. Uh, uh-huh. But, you know, then the episode goes on to uh, delve into those themes, right? Like, oh, is that what Alpha's doing here? You can see over the course of this episode, Michonne's running all over the different communities. She's now on her way to Oceanside. Like, I like what they're doing there because there, there's still this big question mark. Is this actually the fuckery of alpha or is this some series of coincidences? Right. Um, it brought on by the explosion in the sky that all the walkers saw. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm leaning towards alpha because it seems like an alpha thing to do. Uh, But yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Right. So that stuff is good. Uh, the problems I have are pretty small in comparison, I think, like. I don't know what's going on with Sadiq. I, well, I do. I know what's going on with him, but like. Do I enjoy watching it? It's a guy Dude. who is clearly losing his shit and needs to talk to somebody about it. He's got like this half family who he should be discussing it with, but he he's not right. Like Gabriel is what I I don't even know what you would call Gabriel to him. It's like his his co-baby daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know,
1: but like... His ex's lover. I mean, but he feels like there's some kind of barrier there, right? Like, Because there's a couple times where he sees him across the courtyard and instead of like something's made this weird. It didn't used to be weird, it didn't seem like, right? but something has made it weird. They've hinted about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, he feels guilty, you know, about not doing more to try and keep his friends from dying when Alpha put all their heads on spikes. Like, I get it. I understand what's happening here, but I, I just like... I don't know. I wish they were they were progressing that rather than just like having him twist to the wind here. Yeah, and I just don't know what they're getting with like it feels very like
1: unironic ghost imagery. Mm-hmm. Like Sadiq needs to get with Aragorn and get him to swear these people's allegiance to his sword and lead them off because they're they're under and there's kind of like yeah. screaming and bull it's like is he having like a warts flashback or what's going on? Like that was, and if he was, wouldn't that have been the perfect opportunity to uh, sympathize with Dante last episode when they're talking about, you know, his war PTSD, maybe he just like keeps all that stuff to himself. um, And is uncomfortable talking about it, even though when people give them, you know, not everybody, when they see a emotional welcome mat poured out in front of them, like take that.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. What the fuck? Several of those people in this community, Daryl, you know, you're never going to get him to open up unless you spend ten years in a zombie apocalypse with him, uh, and right, you're some right. kindly old uh, murder lady. He only,
1: yeah, he only <laughs> helps people that he has uh, hunted their children for. Uh huh. You know, like like if he's if he's tried to in a good way, not in a bad way, hunt your children right. down like
0: to in a way to save them. That's the only <laughs> people he can actually open up to. Yeah, but Sadiq, I, I don't know. I I guess I don't know enough about his character's backstory. To really understand why he's so traumatized by this event, other than it's a pretty baseline traumatic event, like I understand that's that. the thing. Like nobody needs a reason
1: to lose their shit in the apocalypse, honestly. But right. to the extent that we don't really know him as a character, and you know, it's a, it's a matter of like, well, why should we care? Or yeah. there's this really kind of like high artistic way they're telling the story, and. I just imagine if like you're tuning into a law and order episode and a person's jogging through the park and all of a sudden they just grab their head and swoon and everyone around them has an aura. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Why? Who? F- okay. If she finds a body and kicks off the episode, I'll care about her just a smidge. <laughs> right, but sure. I, she's just so ran- Yeah. And I, that's how I kind of
0: feel about Sadiq. They need to flesh him out. Maybe this is like six feet under thing. Maybe this is Sadiq having contact with the dead. Are we sure that that's not possible?
1: I, I think I've almost gone there a couple of times in the last week or two, like when we had <laughs> ghosts, like, yeah, like what it about the show says that there cannot be ghosts. What I I, I, I guess it's like more of a scientific, realistic kind of thing. Like they even took great pains to have a CDC doctor explain that this is actually not, yeah. you know, a like virus. this is a virus and it's done this and it can be studied and you can even work towards a. So like
0: I, I, but Z nation, baby, you know, sure. Fuck it. Why not? Yeah, they need a they need a YOLO term for like you're only on air once. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't even know (laughs) YOLO. Yeah, YOLO. Something
1: like that. Something like that. That's that's uh, that's how my brain spells Yumiko. By the way, that's just (laughs) an improbable (laughs) list of U's and Y's and and O's and A's. But I yeah yeah I mean there's only one season left. Fuck it. What do what are you leaving powder in the can for? Yeah, man. Especially when you're going to find out it's just them punks and hilltop with sheets and fluorescent (laughs) paint, man. It's just going to be a
0: Scooby-Doo thing. Yep. Yep. I'm waiting for the big dog to come in. The big stoned hungry dog. (laughs) (laughs) Jerry, he's more of a bear, but uh, yeah, sure. We can we can we can work that in. All right. Before we get into the recap, let's uh, take a quick break. Alright, let's get into the recap. We start off with Michonne and Daryl hanging out with her family. It's like a montage thing. Uh, Daryl then tries to bring food to someone? I think it's Carol. Yeah, it's Carol. But we see Carol later. uh, I don't know. Uh, Sadiq's freaking out. Uh, He's seeing Lydia and he's being weird. Ezekiel's bothered by something. Probably Carol stuff. And then a tree drops on a hilltop. And then the you know Walking Dead music starts playing. Mm-hmm. You get the intro. Uh, speaking of music, oh god, I hate. What is with the Walking Dead? Have they you had know, a musical you know, like, heaven cue? I, heaven I know by Gordy that
1: didn't just like strike the exact emotional chord of what they're trying to go for.
0: It it the that trouble is Heaven is, I knows it,
1: I tried. <laughs> like what the fuck? The communities are still
0: together and strong. Like this is. This is like falling apart music. What the shit? Dude, the, the, the chords it struck were many and very dissonant. I, uh, it's, I, I listened to this music and I legitimately thought that I had something playing in the background on my computer that was like <laughs> a different song playing at a different tempo with like uh, bad instruments and they were clashing. And so I paused the video and I'm like, wait, no, that's all coming from this episode. That sounds like garbage. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm too old to appreciate this music, but this song fucking sucks. And walking dead is developing a reputation to me, to having shitty music drops throughout their episodes. The last couple of so, seasons, I can't think of a single one I liked. So
1: it's funny because I've, we've observed cause I was, when I was watching this, I'm thinking like, did they throw this in for like Riverdale moms that like, you know, like the people that, cause I'm starting to feel like this is WB. You know, CW kind of kind of stuff. And I, yeah. I was I'm a big fan of Jenny Nicholson is a YouTuber that comments about all kinds of different stuff. But she did this whole thing on the Vampire Diaries. And I she wrote me in a watch on 90 minute video thesis about everything having to do with it. And she touched on this, that like a lot of these shows that are catered towards the youth um, license these songs. And it's kind of like this, like, um, like a pay for play deal. Like, you know, they approach artists to get them for their like seasonal soundtracks. And they also there's like, you know, they're they're instead of like, you know, paying the Beatles thirty five thousand dollars or whatever. You've heard of that. Like Matthew uh, Wiener has to have a Beatles song and it took it took one hundred fifty thousand dollars to clear it for 30 seconds in an episode of Mad Men. Instead of doing that, you have a whole bunch of um you know uh, record labels that you have friendly, cozy relationships with pitch you a suite of 10 songs that you then just work into the season and you get a little bit of cash. I don't know if that's what's happening here, but like I don't think anyone went through their vast collection of music and knowledge and picked this as the perfect song for this scene. And I do think the AMC would find a way to get paid on the backside of anything. Literally. Yeah. Um, And if it gets Angela Kang another thirty thousand dollars an episode, I I I guess
0: I'll I'll take the bullet. I don't want to anymore. I remember it's the hilltop. The hilltop is the problem, man. I remember last Mm. season, there there were these drone shots in the episode, and the whispers come up to the gates, and there is this shitty music playing as everybody's like farming out there. Yeah, it's ah. Uh, I don't want to I blame Jesus.
1: It. I thought I thought it was I thought it was Jesus that was spinning all the dopey tracks in Hilltop, but it's it's still going. Some someone yeah, someone's got a someone's got to reclaim the
0: iPod up there. You know, maybe, maybe the tree. F- Fell on the <laughs> record player, and we won't have It'd to deal with any more of these. If
1: if yeah, here's groaning thing, it falls over, and then the music just cuts. But no,
0: alas, <laughs> yeah, at the, the end of the, the episode, he comes
1: back. Well, it's the damn, it's the damn blacksmith. He must have, he must have reforged her gramophone. Wow, <laughs>
0: oh, that's goddamn it. Yeah, yeah. I don't um, know. I hated it. Uh What do you think of the scene overall? Though? The the little montage here, Carol's ship me- uh, ship wheel in her house. I don't know cuz like montages
1: are an efficient way to kind of like get people up to speed on some kind of new normal mm-hmm. and you they're they're letting us know that trends of late episodes like Carol being withdrawn and distant and being uncomfortable around her friends maybe thinking abandoning them would be preferable to seeing them wiped out in a zombie apocalypse uh, Lydia feeling kind of increasingly isolated with what along with Negan, Sadig not knowing his place in this family. Um, you know, some some softcore lesbian uh 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 sex scenes to let us know that that shit's hot. I I I, I don't I don't know. Like it but the thing is it bothers me is like i it's like okay is did i need to know all of that stuff um it makes me question like whether they did establish the relationship between miko and and uh, magna last season and also yeah the the music is just really fucking distracting so i guess
0: as far as cold opens go nah yeah i'm I'm ice cold on it uh the other thing that's weird about this um character stuff here is ezekiel i guess I didn't see this coming. Um, and this mm-hmm. little montage here doesn't do enough to tell me that this has been his state for a while now. Um, am I like forgetting a bunch of stuff that happened? Cause last I remember he was seeing Carol off and you know, it was, it was not exactly like what he wanted, but he understood that Carol needed to leave. And like, I thought they'd come to terms on that. And now he is like playing this like, well, I've lost everything and I'm just he's like suicidal or something. Well, I mean, I. This guy's built his
1: whole persona on being Mm -hmm. this confident in charge guy, and we've already seen like when he has a minor setback, like when he got a Henry's brother killed, like he's kind of like got off kilter that way. But like this back to back loss of everything, his tiger, his queen, his prince, his kingdom, like why? Like it's got, and and yet everyone still refers to him as the king. Jerry still calls him the boss. Defers to him. It's probably really fucking with him, because he just, just really wants to revert to being that dude. And that dude can't carry that weight. That dude wants to jump off a high a high place and end it all. I think that's kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, I guess I need to remember that this is the first time we've really seen him. Uh, it's the first time well it's not the first time we saw him this season right it's the first time we've seen the yeah. hilltop but yeah i don't know i guess i didn't get the vibe that he was ready to end things um and but this episode is definitely telling me that
1: yeah like who el- who is he ke- he's like he's like clearly trying to keep it together for jared but i think he's getting resentful of it mm-hmm. like yeah the you mask. Know, i yeah i'm uh i'm the i'm the deposed king i'm the king in exile he's feeling like uh uh, not quite as crazy uh who is that the was that the danny's oh, danny's brother yeah. all my game of thrones lore has been sucked out of my head the last couple of years but yeah no he's it's he's I, I i get it i get it and then like he kind of like some yeah well it didn't then i guess she, yeah no i'll wait to talk about that when we get to the scene at the bridge with michonne
0: okay uh let's move on everybody assumes the whispers drop the tree on him and ezekiel has no answers even though he's the leader of this community and everybody else jumps in to take care of the injured and uh get the wall patched up
1: is ezekiel is is he now the de facto king of hilltop It Are they
0: seems like it everybody turns to him right for for yeah. the next move wh- what they should do and he has no answers he just kind of stands i guess there it now. makes sense
1: because like yeah. the hilltop is bereft of leadership you know, yeah. Like you went through Maggie's gone, Jesus was killed, Tara, Tara was killed. killed, um, Ezekiel, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh, I I guess that does make sense. He's kind of the senior character with leadership potential,
0: but man, it doesn't seem like he's in a position to lead much. No, no. Um, I don't know. Maybe could some kind of community based leadership like you do in Alexandria, right? In the council. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he's sort of incapacitated. Um, anyway, Aaron leads some combat training over at Alexandria, uh, and a few of the town's shittiest people make fun of Lydia, and Aaron sees it but does nothing. Can we get like a no pot stirring clause in the constitution? Can, like <laughs> you stir, you stir up the shit. You, yeah. you're excommunicated. You're exiled from. You got, you got the flushes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this is not what we need. We've got. You got 15 fucking people left, maybe on the planet and you're stirring shit with one of them. Yeah, no, it's, uh,
1: yeah, I hate this I, guy I, and, so much. Yeah. But then it's like, I don't, yeah, it's, I don't know how you, how you legislate a mindset because as weird as it sure. like, there are some people that are shit stirs, but there's some people that stir shit in particular areas and then are very anti shit stirring in others. I, it's it's bizarre. Mostly and when it's, it's like you want to have a rule of like don't stir shit. And then some people argue endlessly about the line between stirring shit versus just, you know, being real and, right. you know, not hiding problems.
0: And then you start. So I don't know. It's fine. I mean, yeah, any rule you try and set up is going to be used by somebody to. As leverage to get their their way, yeah. right. When they feel right. it's like it's like, you know, don't touch me as a law between
1: brothers and sisters, Mm -hmm. we know how easily that is gets abused. That seems like a clear cut, fair, sensible rule, Mm -hmm. but what is touching me is touching me, hovering your finger five, uh, you know, a half inch from my eyeball. Clearly not literally touching me, but boy, it seems like a a violation of someone's (laughs) personal space. Right. Uh Yeah. I want to see that. I want to see all that legislated. um, And over the next few years, that'd be great.
0: Uh, All right. And then Judith, asks michonne some prying questions about the situation with the whispers while they're on the road to hilltop and michonne uses an opportunity to teach her about how to deal with bullies but judith judith actually has some teaching opportunities of her own when she says that the whispers might be trying to wear them down uh suddenly michonne sees ezekiel riding a horse into the woods and she goes after him as the others head on to hilltop
1: yeah, I, I can I really like Judith. I thought this was cute. It didn't seem it yeah. seems like the kind of sometimes conversations you have as with kids as an adult where it's like they're not laying adult wisdom on you. It's just that they see things fresh. Like it's yeah. naive sometimes, but also it's like, Oh yeah, you're you're actually seeing this for a lot closer to what it is than I'm trying to make it complicated and and uh it's a really good episode with Michonne and, and Judith, I thought. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really cute. Um, you know, this is this is like really good life advice, you know, like don't really ch- talk is cheap, you know, pay attention to what people do rather than what they say. Yeah. Um, and also like this, you know, it's like especially when you're talking about your enemies, but what do you do when your enemy's actions are like conflicted and muddled, you know, or unexpected and unorthodox? That's when it's really, you know, tricky. I I thought this stuff is good and it there is a little bit more depth to what is going on with the the whispers, you know, like why aren't they? Why are they biding their time? I think I mean, I got ideas on it. We talked about it. the fact that like Alpha's in a pickle now. if she just crushes the hilltop Alexandria people, like her people might always think what if they were right? you know, uh, on the other hand, she yeah. kind of has to
0: because their continued success is an indictment of her way of life. Mm-hmm. so but, you know as she. She tipped her hand to us as an audience last last episode um, whenever she, you know, had that breakdown um, with the the beta episode where she's got the mm-hmm. shrine to Lydia. Right. Like she still cares about her daughter. It, the daughter is somewhat of a protection for Alexandria at this point. Um, and, you know, Michonne figures that out by the end of the episode with yeah <laughs> the guidance of Judith. Right. Understanding what's happening it's- here but it's smart because they're not asserting it as fact.
1: It's just something that they're trying to piece together and us knowing both sides of it. We know that they're right. But like also she'd be a fool to like pin all her hopes on that strategy. For sure. Um, So, and, and also the, the, you know, explaining like what Carol did and how that made it more difficult. And I don't know. It's, it's nice. I I liked seeing her like kind of measure her daughter and be like, you know what you are, you are mature enough to handle this little bit more piece of adult talk. And yeah. it paid off. I thought it was cute.
0: Alright, so like I said, Michonne goes after Ezekiel in the woods and finds his riderless horse and then finds him on a platform overlooking the river. He's considering something. I think it's jumping, which is pretty obvious. Uh she tells him mm-hmm. it's okay. She gives him a hug, and then Ezekiel kisses her and then apologizes. Cause that was weird. What is what is this deal here, man? I got a theory. I was wanting to know what you thought. His deal, I feel like his deal is he's looking for something, you know, like he's lost so much. This is just like some misplaced attempt at reclaiming something in his life.
1: Yeah. Getting his mojo back because like when he lost, you know, his tiger, he's always had like Carol and his sons. When he lost his son, uh, the kingdom, he still had his his, his royal family when he lost that it's like he need, yeah like i'm nothing if i don't have something and, and, and not that that seems like he's like objectifying michonne i don't think it's that simple because i do think that they have a, a pretty good relationship and there's been signs I, I man, i might be confusing comic book stuff versus television stuff but i thought uh. that they're in both there were signs of like perhaps an early relationship but before you know her and rick got things figured out that even might have been the catalyst of like them figuring things out um but yeah like he's like you know maybe i can be that guy again if i got this woman by my side because she's yeah. amazing she's a she's she's just and fair and beautiful and fierce and a warrior and like you know i could be king if i had that something like some, some woman like that as my queen i could see him definitely trying to yeah i need you know like Especially this, this constructed character is what's been keeping him going for all these years. Like, trying to find any way to keep that going would, would probably be a priority. It would be really fascinating, though, if he just keep pat, like, try to find what is the underlying thing that is the good man and that people follow without the Shakespeare shit. Like, could he yeah. actually take the mask off and just be Z- Ezekiel? Uh,
0: yeah. Would people let him do that? That's the other thing, you know? Sure. Yeah, or is he always going to be the king to them? It's um, a good question. I, I, you know, a lot of this talk comes in here in a couple scenes, but uh, we can probably just go ahead and talk about it now because um, they, they sit and talk for a while and he confesses mm-hmm. that he feels like a failure for losing his kingdom. His son is not quite wife Carol. Uh, Michonne tells him how she coped with her own losses time after time. And they walk back to Michonne's horse and she asks him, uh, please don't ride out here by yourself again. And the next time, uh, you know, he feels like it's too much, just, you know, talk to her or whatever. Uh, Yeah, the, they, they have this discussion about masks. And I thought that was interesting because Michonne has lost so much. Right. And she's become this fierce. It, it, she, she had this idea that she was going to go out there and she was going to let the walkers kill her. And she would just that would be it. And she got out there and she found that she couldn't do it, right? Um, her sword, like she says, almost had a mind of its own. She put down the sword and she killed a bunch of walkers barehanded. And and that, like, I'm ready to die kind of thing was a mask that she was wearing. And eventually the mask just sort of slipped away because she couldn't keep it up. And I I think like at least that's how i read it maybe maybe it's the exact opposite i don't know but that's kind of with ezekiel here like he had this mask of the king um and yeah it's fallen away but that doesn't mean that he's a broken person it might mean that he's about to become a healthier person right somebody Mm -hmm, who mm -hmm. better fits inside of his own skin yeah yeah, it, it
1: also I because they she talks about this as if it was her time before she met with Rick's group. But also, it I think it might have described the time when she left Rick uh, yeah. or she lost Rick rather. And we saw her go out again and again into the woods clearing. We're like, what well, you know, what exactly is she doing there? Um, and it does feel like she was trying to. She felt like she had to force this wearing this mask as the leader, as the mom, all these things that, like you know, five years ago she would have never thought. Well, maybe like you know, pre, but when she was wandering around a two zombies chained to her, mm-hmm. never thought she would be, and probably resented having to be that strong. They have a lot in common. Do you think that there's yeah. going to be a relationship here?
0: <laughs> well, they they have this line uh, where they talk about the kiss and. I I can't remember who it is that says this. So one of them says maybe another universe, which I thought was hilarious because they do hook up in the comics, right? They're they're in a relationship instead remember. of Carol. So in another universe means like the comic universe of the Walking Dead, uh, which I thought was a nice little nod. Uh, but yeah, I don't they think they're going to go there the at this time. You don't think eh, so? Maybe
1: you don't think so? Because Michonne's been like that's the other thing. It's like why wouldn't they? Carol's mm-hmm. out on the boat. King Ezekiel needs his mojo bags, got some mojo to give. It sounds like, cause he's also low key bragging about it. And he's like, Hey, don't judge me on my suicide near suicidal kiss. Uh, <laughs> and Michonne returns like the, Hey, I haven't been kissed by anyone over four foot tall in s- six years or whatever. Yeah. Worse ideas. It's worse. Ideas. Oh Sure. They'd make a I I mean, just
0: like talking about your striking couples. Holy fuck. Yeah. Well, like, they can share wigs. That, did you see how bad <laughs> Ezekiel's fucking wig is here? They've got Ezekiel's wig put on wrong. I swear, it's like on backwards or something. Because the hairline—I don't know if you've seen this—but he he has like a millimeter between his eyebrows and his sideburns. It's incredibly. Uh, I mean, that's up. his hairline
1: can is, is is just can't be can't be uh, gainsaid. The eyebrow—he's he's giving no territory that's too much to those hair. brows too much kingdom can keep the fuck back because the (laughs) this is the kingdom of the hairline uh i would say like them walking down the street would be like holy shit that's that's uh that's a power couple
0: yeah uh so then oh we jump back a scene here to negan uh advising lydia not to let the bullies see her sweat and daryl removes lydia from negan's area of influence and tells her to stay away from him and they walk through town where Daryl sees Silence the Whispers graffiti on the door. Um yeah. So Daryl strikes me like
1: your dad giving you well-meaning advice for dealing with bullies in high school, but like it's it's not good advice. Like don't give them yeah. what they. I mean, don't give them what they want. Uh, try to avoid them. Like, eh, no, that's not like that's you know maybe the tiring out strategy work. Punch them in the face will work, but like I, my experience that doesn't that that's not gonna do it. Um, once once you're once you've actually been set aside as a person to be bullied, so. And I think that Lydia understands the futility of that. Oh, well, I'm the outcast in a group, so I should just avoid everyone. Oh, okay. I see. (laughs) I should, I should not give them a reaction, even though I see the stalwarts, the people who were described last episode as a saint is turning the other way, seeing my obvious, you know, torment, you know, Mm -hmm. um, fuck these people. So she's losing Daryl or Daryl's losing her. And here stands Negan. Yeah. who suddenly seems very wise and based and, and ready to listen to the young folk. And yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I, I I don't know. I But I don't know what else, what, what other, did thing is, like, I feel like Daryl should level with her and be like, hey, you know what? I used to be an outcast, too. Let me tell you about how, when I met this group and how I felt about him and my brother and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, but he'd have to open
0: up about himself. Um, and then tell, him, tell her about the time that he did exactly what he was suggesting and avoided them by going off into the woods by himself for yeah. long periods of time and how that worked out for him yeah Just and he- maybe he
1: thinks it worked out fine and she <laughs> can go maybe. and live out and you know like you don't have to be a, wa- uh, a whisperer and you don't have to be an alexandrian just I don't know I just felt like and, and it, I'm not criticizing the writing I'm just saying it's frustrating mm-hmm. that Daryl's doing this um, in a, in a genuine way because yep. she needs someone to you know what Daryl needs to do is like have like fucking hard conversations, like you know, like he sees these guys like like I'd love to see these people bully, uh, her like like, like if Daryl rolls up on him and be like, "What the fuck you doing?" She's this little girl, you know, like people like that. Aaron standing up for that's all that needs to happen, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, um, and she handles this, I think, in the the Negan way, right? She goes and she becomes, uh. the bully of the bullies I uh, not not quite but like she okay well if you're gonna if you're gonna make me this weirdo I'm gonna show you what's weird and she goes and messily eats a squirrel at the the lunch table uh spraying blood all over everybody they promptly leave and then afterward yeah Daryl tries to come up and give her some advice on this stuff he's out of his depth and Lydia storms off uh the way Daryl handles this makes me think that the story he told Carol about the trucker was in fact, or about his dad being a trucker last episode was in fact Mm. the fake story was, it was not real. That was a fantasy because he's just not eloquent enough to get that point across with like this long fable that, you know, (laughs) lures them in and then comes around with the haymaker punch. He, he doesn't really do that. Yeah. He's more like, Hey, what you doing? Why do that? Can't you, can't you avoid him? yeah (laughs) you're you're right
1: right. you're right so Um, probably that's the fantasy maybe for all you're you're on enough meth he sounds eloquent oh yeah okay I don't think that's how meth works I don't think it it, it, (laughs) uh, heightens your appreciation for someone's yeah locution
0: no Uh, so uh, we go to the hilltop again the walkers keep banging on the tree and the wall at hilltop and they decide they're going to try and fortify the wall um, and buy some time so Luke and Magna sort of lead the group out uh, out of the gates to thin the herd yeah um, professor
1: your mace sucks and you're going to find out how bad it sucks in about five minutes uh, what the shit like why would you design something that seems almost uniquely designed to get stuck inside something once mm. you you swing with it like, go for blunt force trauma, and it's just a big, like, a big, like, mace with maybe some spikes on or something. Yeah. But this stuff is like, what the fuck, man? You, spears. Spears, it seems like it's the apex uh-huh. hand-to-hand thing. Keep yourself ten feet away from a zombie, have a pointy thing that you can just jab in and out.
0: Well, uh, all the spears this, are down at Oceanside with the, the shields. Maybe...
1: I just felt like this, this they're 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 getting stupid. They're getting yeah. stupid with their shit again the 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 blacksmith needs to calm the fuck down. <laughs> He's trying and, new things,
0: man. He's gotta experiment s- with his craft,
1: yeah, put 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 away the fucking d and d weapons manuals and the warhammer <laughs> fucking shit. And just Uh stick to the basics. Stick to the goddamn basics. Stop his Renfair LARPing. You're going to wear yourself out swinging at 50 pounds. What are you? You're not Bobby B. You can't swing a war hammer the size of a fucking anvil uh, all (laughs) all night long. Get
0: out of here, professor. Come on. True. Uh, So we're back to Lydia. She is assaulted by the bullies in the dark. They're about to beat the shit out of her until Negan shows up and puts an end to it. Unfortunately, he gets a little rough and accidentally kills some girl named Margot, who I don't even know. Yeah. And, and, and then pro- there's like a crowd gathering around. Lydia tries to tell a crowd that Negan didn't do anything wrong. Uh, Sadiq freaks out. Um, and we'll get to the rest of it. Yeah, uh, I mean, it kind of sucks, you know,
1: sometimes uh, you slip trip, you fall and you, you hurt somebody and you get killed. Like
0: humans are <laughs> fragile it's true and it does happen yeah mm-hmm. you can slip and fall against a wall I guess and though you can. yeah you no, can. I know you can it just seems hmm a little unlikely in this scenario but
1: okay if you want to say like sight in universe rules sure but like yeah it's like there's like uh, yeah that's why it's uh, always risky to get in fights man You shove somebody and they slip off the sidewalk bash their head they're in a coma oh, yeah. or something I mean certain, I've seen you know, Con Air like,
0: Sure, you can get you can yeah, do there a lot go. of hard time for that.
1: There you go. Especially if your hands are registered as deadly weapons, you know, yep. you can keep those in your pockets. Now you're concealed. Just
0: <laughs> can I ask you this? I've always wanted a hard to time know. Time with Steve
1: Buscemi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, uh, and Dave Chappelle. Th- that's. <laughs> that's a complete fabrication, right? There is no law that says like your hands are deadly weapons. There's no, no like, no, oh, you were no. trained and so you meant to kill. But I
1: did, I did read an article about guys arguing. It that's like, it, um, that really kind of made me rethink self-defense. About like, yeah, the two guys were getting a scuffle, and one guy just shoved the other, and as he was f- falling back, he tripped, hit, and killed himself. Sure. And this guy suddenly is, uh, is on trial for murder. I can't remember how it went, but it's like, fuck,
0: man, you know. Yeah, uh, it 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 that stuff happens. I mean, I've seen but, Universal Soldier. You think Dolph Lundgren meant to go in the chopper? Uh, I don't think so. In <laughs> the, the meat I, grinder. But it's like, and you're right. On this show, it
1: felt a little bit like you know maybe they would have I don't know have her fall back on a tomato steak or something, something no, a little right, bit right. more than just oh she slipped and hit her head against the wall. I guess it was weird. Uh, yeah. But but you're right. It does happen. Um, that's a bad look it's a bad look the guy's been very. defending the whisper girl and like this is like a political narrative that doesn't need a lot of spin to get people all riled up and they're doing a really good job of showing how reactionary people can be in these environments
0: yeah speaking of reactions Sadiq mm-hmm. totally normal right this is a thing that I do I don't know about you but I do it every day I wake S- up seeing visions yeah. I, I, I you know wipe the, the fog of sleep out of my eyes Fill my sink with ice and water, and I stick my head in and I shout so as loud as I can. So let me ask you
1: this: uh, They don't have ice in the apocalypse, do they?
0: Apparently, I thought that
1: that was a flashback of him being tortured. Um, like, is this going to be like who's that guy by, lost? by Alpha? No, what, no. What I think this is, like, this is stuff that hap- I think this is stuff that happened before the apocalypse. He's he's traumatized by.
0: Who is the How does that Iraqi explain the intelligence ice? officer and lost? Uh, <laughs> oh Jesus! Is it Sadig? <laughs> Their names are almost identical, and it's yes, Sadiq they're and Sadiq, both from the Middle I East. I uh-huh. I, 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 do, I desperately don't want to get this
1: wrong. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm fine with it. The Iraqi. The, the, uh, yes. So I wonder if it's like the opposite of that story, where he was like a a torturer and this guy was a torturee because mm-hmm. yeah like holding someone's face underneath like a bucket of ice water i imagine could be a torture technique yeah but i don't see where you could possibly get fucking ice in the zombie apocalypse like maybe maybe in the glory days of alexandria where they had fully functional batteries and so all that kind of stuff but like here no, na- there's no uh, way i don't understand ice. what you're saying
0: here so you're saying that this scene is a flashback
1: to him he being was, face was his face was in a basin of water with ice in it and he was screaming into it 100% there's no agree. way that basin so you think that there's a basin full of ice that he just stuck his head in I currently think. in the zombie apocalypse where the ice but, come but you're from saying sh-
0: you're saying he's tortured who put his head in the sink so,
1: we don't know anything about him I'm thinking they're starting I to thought f- we watched him fill him, him with ice. I,
0: we watched the man is he torturing himself did we do <laughs> Did we really <laughs> did we do? I missed him filling the
1: base so he's got ice in the zombie he's apocalypse got he's a
0: doctor he's allowed to have ice
1: hilltop has ice to people who are working washing machines with stationary <laughs> bicycles are making ice yes maybe work too hard on this blacksmith guy
0: man he seems incredible well i mean i don't believe for a second that the blacksmith built the ice maker i think mm. it, it, if anything i, I don't and know I guess I mean, they, they were yeah they Eugene. were making
1: a cold they were making a cold compress for lydia too for mm-hmm. her ribs They can make
0: ice. They can make ice.
1: zombie apocalypse. Okay. Well, I was well, I was way off. I was way off. I thought this was, I thought these like, but, but they are, do you understand? They are like, is he flashing back to just like what happened to him last season?
0: Yeah. I I think that's it. Like he's just traumatized by the spikes on the head or the heads on the spikes and he can't deal with it. He's shoving his head into ice water, wasting valuable ice in the apocalypse to shove his face into it and scream. Just to have a good old fashioned ice cream. (laughs) Ice cream, you screams, scream Ice screams, screams scream. for ice cream. We all scream for ice creams, yeah. <laughs> oh fuck me. Uh, let's move on. Do you know on. that those words
1: were I, those words were already out my mouth before I realized what I just done? Yes. A good old fashioned ice cream. Okay.
0: It's I, uh, it's fine because they, they were glorious. Uh talent. Talent on loan for God, I guess. Uh, speaking I, of talent. <laughs> Lydia. The Doctor Dude. Doctor Dude is passionate up Lydia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daryl stops by. He tells her. <laughs> he stops by to see her. She tells him how sweaty and and repulsively smelly her father mm-hmm. was, uh, and how smelly dad. At least when he was alive, um, but that he would have oh, protected. He smelled, her. he smelled like hell after he was dead. You, <laughs> oh, you yeah. should have seen it. other situation didn't improve, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, and she also tells him that Negan saved her life. Uh, keep in mind, let, let's, yeah. let's also keep in mind that this is a girl who has spent most of her <laughs> truly sentient years living beneath a layer of dead walker skin, and she's saying that her father smelled. So it's exceptional, yeah. <laughs> can you imagine what he must have smelled like?
1: Uh, dude that won't wear deodorant. I mean, like, how committed is he to not wearing deodorant? Because, like, you know, she's talking anti perspirant. Uh, Because some people have. uh, Is she talking about just like deodorant? Like, just it's 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 anti stinky. Can can the guy not wear like talc?
0: It it itches. Uh, Cornstarch itches his pits. Just nothing.
1: He's just just raw pit. Oh Mm -hmm. man. I mean, I don't know. It gets hot. It gets hot in the Baltimore area. Sure. That's like a swampy, swampy area. I would think that that would that'd be hell, yeah. <laughs> It'd stand out from the, the layers of dead
0: skin, your, rotting skin. Oh, yeah. I mean, she has her. a vivid memory of how badly it stank, and she spent years under rotting walker flesh. <laughs> it's. <laughs> yeah.
1: It yeah. must have been bad. Mm. But she Lady got used to it. No wonder Alpha's so crazy. She had to sleep with that guy night after yeah. night. Oh, my God.
0: It's true. Anyway, I I don't know. Uh, Daryl goes to see Negan, who's back in his cell, and he says that the Alexandrians wants to kill, want to kill him. Uh, Negan says, look, it's an accident. She's the, the girl he killed is an asshole anyway. And he goes on to explain that they've got him all twisted up with hope. Daryl says, you'll get your chance to tell your side of the story. Do you think
1: that... So I was watching the scene. And I'm like, this is a really good scene because Daryl and Negan have like a lot of history yeah you know like arguably worse history than than um rick you know i guess they killed uh, you know like like events negan related events led to carl dying um Mm -hmm. but like negan never held rick prisoner and psychologically tortured him with easy street yeah right and I'm thinking like, oh, I wonder if they're going to actually get into that. And they never did. It's just all kind of illusions. Like, I know you spent many night fantasizing about my death, and now here it is, and you're not even sure, which is a pretty sick line. But I'm like, I wonder if the writers would like to cite more of that personal history, but it's just too ridiculous. <laughs> Like, you know, you had me in a box for three months to make, tell me, tell me I was on easy street. Huh? Huh? Like, it's just going to be, it just sounds dumb if you retell it, you know, it's like, yeah. now nah, let's like everyone knows, everyone
0: knows they got history. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do want to nod at some point though. I want like maybe right. one of the records that, the uh, <laughs> that, you know, Luke and, or maybe one of the songs, the next, uh, Ren Faire they put on maybe Luke and yeah. Boston Rob can perform easy street or something.
1: I remember writing this in my notes and I never used it on air, but like when, when Daryl was kind of going through his lonely woods, uh, woodcrafter dog kind of lifestyle, I thought it would have been so sick if he just whistled a few bars of that just to let us know that he's kind of like not in a healthy mind state, you know, that this is him kind of like, and they never did, but I mean, yeah, something like that, where it's like if he's like having a, you know, you know Daryl's down bad if he's like, you know, that that song is is coming to mind. But yeah. I don't know, it's just it's kind of ridiculous. So it's like, <laughs> it is,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, but there there are things I in here though. that are not ridiculous. Like I, Daryl has no love for Negan, but he also has no love for abusers. Like his dad was one, right? Um, there, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if you remember, but way back when Merle was still on the show, like governor arc season four or something, right? They go into this a little bit, um, where they're at both in the woods and they have this discussion about it. Uh, so yeah, you got to remember that like, also he's sort of inclined to believe Negan here. Lydia's telling him the thing, uh, is true. And mm-hmm. he doesn't like people who abuse, especially no. kids. So, and
1: he sees that, that like he says, I think it's him later on. He's like, there's a rot here that if we don't get sorted out. There won't be anything left. Maybe it's Michonne that says that, um, but like, yeah, he's starting to come become aware that like. You know, maybe a year ago he would have been like, yeah, Carol, let's blow this popsicle stand. This place sucks. But now he's realizing like, no, like this, there is a threat here that can undermine everything we've done, you know, everything they're written like that. was like that's I think I don't know what Daryl would do if he turned his back on like all the sacrifices people have made to get this far at this point. Yeah. Like, I think he's a true believer at this point. Um, in a way that like Carol might be just a little too, you know, if Daryl had kids that could have been killed along the way, maybe he could be that broken too. But he's just like n- not gonna, not gonna let his friend Rick's accomplishment crumble into the ground.
0: We're gonna, we're gonna talk about Carol, but let's take a quick break first. We'll be right back. All right, let's talk about Carol. Uh, she's sitting on her porch, and Daryl's there, and she asks him about what uh, the town's saying about Negan, and Daryl believes that he saved Lydia. Carol thinks this whole thing is a distraction from the whispers. um, You know, with the stuff she's heard about Hilltop and all that. And Daryl's more worried about the the turmoil within the town. Like you said, there you go. Yeah. Uh, The way they're talking here, especially the way that Carol is talking specifically, I'm wondering if it's not Carol spray painting this shit. uh, Silence the whispers. Oh, fuck. Cause she obviously wants alpha dead. Uh, we saw that last episode two two episodes. ago. Painting yeah. right on Daryl's door. I don't know, man. I could see Carol doing some, uh, anti whisper propaganda here, stirring the shit, man, if you will. the way
1: she says, the way she says, should have gone to New Mexico takes on a whole new meaning. Like I tried to get us <laughs> away from that. And now I'm, yeah. but I don't know. Like that, Ooh, that would set me against Carol pretty hard if she's you know, It's one thing to be like, hey, I told you this was going to happen and it was inevitable. And, you know, I told you so. I was always right. It's another thing to like stack the deck against it. Like, I don't think this the, I don't think the structure is going to stand. Well, if you're at, at working hard at night, cutting the foundations, then like, well, you know, you're you're making a self-fulfilling prophecy. So. I I don't know. Yeah, I, that's that kind of what she wants, to swallow. right? Like she wants the town to get pissed off enough to actually go do something about <sighs> I have Alpha. To go do something about it, yeah. yeah. She kind of could be that crazy reactionary. It's disappointing, but I could see. I could maybe <laughs> see because you're true. right. We talked about it last last episode. That like she was ready to take. Uh, she was ready to inflict a communal punishment on everybody, damn the consequences, just to have a revenge last episode. So yeah, yeah. she's kind of lost. Maybe she should go back on the boat. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And um, she's up, also having a hard time to make, you know, that's the thing. Oh, my God. They 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 set this episode where she's like, you know, sleeping in late and Daryl's taking her to the breakfast. Maybe she's up late la- at night graffiting the whole fucking town. Apparently.
0: <laughs> apparently. Yeah. It's her yeah, own yeah. door, too, which I think, you know, is used. I to think it's like there's camouflage tr- her. True. Ooh, yeah couldn't be my so, it could be me look at my door it's all fucked yeah, up why too. would i pay my own door and daryl's yeah. my best friend yeah i don't know that's just my guess but i'm calling it now Uh then the group holds down the hilltop walls but there are just too many walkers so they retreat behind the wall again um the walkers break it down and enter the hilltop the hilltoppers fight them off uh there's a whole magna getting pissed off because they she doesn't want a retreat scene yeah. I mean, like honestly, they might not have had to retreat. Um they might have had a better chance of keeping this wall up if they didn't stand right in front of the broken section of wall and try and kill the walkers. Like lead them away. Lead, like stand mm-hmm. you know 100 yards or yeah, walkers 100 feet don't want down to breach the wall. A wall.
1: Walkers don't want to breach a wall. Walkers want to eat people. Exactly. Yeah. So lead Lure them. them away from
0: the gaping your hole juicy in your walls. Up.
1: I don't know, but you see what I mean about fucking professors mace, like right off the bat, it gets stuck in a zombie and he's having <laughs> to spend five minutes wrenching it out of this skull, like yeah. fail. That's a bad weapon. That's not a useful zombie weapon.
0: Yeah. So and when you contrast it with Judith in this fucking hat, I, I love this. Judith in this hat with this sword, you know, just poking holes in zombie heads. Uh, no, yeah, no trouble man. getting the sword out. Like, I think that she spent some time training
1: or maybe I read that, that she's like a martial artist herself, but like she moves really well. And it was really mm. cute, cool seeing her do this and also her mom being proud of her. Yeah, it's also really cool seeing like King Zehu kind of spring to life, you know, having people to rally to a defense of something like very, very futile to like, you know, defend the breach in the wall. Like king King Theoden screams that in Lord of the Rings. It's like that's uh, right in his wheelhouse, right? Defend the breach. Um, oh yeah I, it's 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 a good scene uh if if some of the survivors had less ridiculous like their wrist rockets are cool because they actually probably would be pretty bang up zombie especially with their melon ripe heads yeah of this era but yeah get get the fucking get this fucking mace out of here man get a <laughs> get an axe or a hatchet or a crowbar anything would be Something. better than this yeah a, a
0: broom handle right
1: yeah, yeah. yeah get a in. broom handle. Get a, a lash a a knife to it. Boom! You've got a far superior zombie fighting weapon than this fucking
0: thing. So then we get a scene where Daryl and Michonne update each other over the radio while the town council gets Lydia's attackers side of the story. Uh, Michonne tells Daryl that they need Lydia alive, or else they're more likely to be attacked by Alpha. Daryl promises to keep her in Alexandria, and then Michonne gives Daryl her proxy vote. And then gets a call on the radio from Oceanside. He could be the ultimate fence sitter by
1: saying, "I vote no, but Michonne votes yes with proxy." <laughs> you
0: <laughs> yes. know what I'm saying? Like he's
1: just, he Split can't. That he's just going It's right. Yeah, I'm. I'm the. I'm. I'm Mister Centrist. I'm Mister Moderate Centrist.
0: <laughs> uh, Nobody she, can
1: accuse me of anything.
0: She she you know tells him all this stuff about like. uh how she thinks though this all a uh, whisper uh, attack and like she they need Lydia alive and all that and she says let's just keep this between us for now guaranteed somebody's listening in on that radio right
1: that would be an interesting reveal if the whispers have like some kind of CV thing or somebody's Whis- yeah especially since there's enemies within now too not enemies but factions factions that are working against yeah. perhaps the council um yeah, that would be an interesting, interesting plot.
0: Yeah, like the oh council god. is being spied on and worked against. What if Georgie is funding Alpha? Oh boy! Oh what? my god! Wheels <laughs> within wheels. <Not laughs> With that's what? Stupid. Walker I mean, skin? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, you're right. You're right. I got pelts. You're right. Yeah, in the deep place, in the real deep place, she's got like a jacuzzi in there. Oh, hell yeah. She got a jacuzzi and an ice cube producing refrigerator <laughs> <laughs> for all the ice creams that she
0: wants. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so we go back to the council. They're arguing over whether to kill Negan. Daryl votes no for himself and Michonne which ties things up. And the deciding voter, Gabriel, decides to sleep on it. Fucking Gabriel, man. Come on. Yeah. Um, this is it, where where do we leave this episode? Is it the next day? Because like one of the things that Daryl is saying here is the people outside are going to make a choice whether you do or not. And Gabriel just delays the choice. So I'm assuming the show is going to take that and run with it. Um, the next episode, we're going to have townspeople making that choice and then trying to well, go. After I think Negan. I think what's
1: already happened because uh, Lydia made a choice is unilateral. Oh, right,
0: right, right. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. They might go so after like, Lydia. Well,
1: that's what I'm saying? Like, they're I don't I don't know because like Gabriel, I kind of inclined. He's been weird this season. I'm kind of inclined to think of him as kind of like a hand wringing, do nothing kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, him like, oh, just uh, this the council. He's just like he's trying to get out of the situation every single set, step of the way. It's like, oh, the council wasn't meant for this. Like, okay, well then, yeah. ne- you know, next time maybe have a judicial committee that it's a rotating list of three people that blah, blah, blah. You don't have to have the whole, or you vote for that. And as something, you know, like aside from the city council business, the judicial is like, you know, cause like, how do you hold the commit? Well, if the committee, the, the, the council commits a crime, you know, that's all interesting, sure. good stuff, but right here, right now, motherfucker, you need to make a decision. Yeah. And he doesn't. And as Daryl predicted, um, it's going to lead to bad shit. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So the he's next been morning, weird too. Though this season, I thought Daryl has no Gabriel. Gabriel. Gabriel's been very pensive and weird this whole season too.
0: Yeah, it seems like he's been like distant from his life as a council member. He's like taking shit too seriously. Maybe I. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah they implied weird. that he hasn't been there
1: as much for the baby, but uh, exactly. they, him and him and uh, Rosita were walking this this episode with them out. So hmm. I don't know. I know I, I could be I could be misinterpreting
0: some of this stuff. So the next morning, Michonne tells the hilltop that she's headed to Oceanside and she's taking some supplies with her, a couple of wagons. Uh, Luke volunteers to go with her to see Jules, his his crush, who he was flirting with in episode one this season. Uh, Eugene won't be going back in favor of staying to fix the wall, um, and Michaudin is taking Judith with her to Oceanside. I'm I'm worried for the fate of Hilltop now that we have Eugene staying there because. Oh, but and did you but. see the bonding moment of like insect esoterica that him and Luke <laughs> had? Well,
1: they're shipping the Professor out, so he won't be can, they they won't cross contaminate each other. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, the, I just platodia. Mm. Eugene like what the fuck Oh, Congress. I can't he's, wait to see guys. Eugene interacting with the blacksmith because that's the guy he's going to mm. have to go to right that's going to be his like liaison for engineering
1: but but the, the lead is being buried here which is a conspicuous discussion of Eugene's science and technology skills reminding us so that when he comes out with the Eugene Manhattan project in a couple episodes we're not going to be like well this came out of left field yeah, I mean, he's a he's a whiz at uh, material science and engineering mm-hmm. man, man, build a bridge. He can build an atom bomb. I believe <laughs> man, put man, <laughs> man, uh, b- knocks together a flour mill powered by the wind. You can build a bomb. Sure. No yeah. problem. I believe I mean, that. you're building an arcade machine right
0: now. I'm a little sure. worried about what
1: other projects you got. In the works. I, yeah, I got a I got a fat I got a fat boy on my own. I'm building, but <laughs> I, I do like that, like, I don't know, like, it's it's funny. I think it's funny in, like, a Star Trek The Next Generation kind of way that how everyone is kind of having fun. It's like Eugene's Data when mm-hmm. he's talking about, I'd like to stay and fix the crooked tooth of uh, Hilltop's otherwise pristine smile. And everybody's yeah. like, you mean it's fence Data? He's stupid. I like that. I like little moments where the audience and the characters can kind of chuckle at somebody. It's good.
0: Yeah, Eugene's a lot, and it's taken years to get used to him. Mm-hmm. but I think I'm there. Yeah. Man likes a colorful metaphor. Who doesn't? And I can't tell if Michonne sees this or not exactly, Um, but she is being shuffled off from community to community, right? Does she connect the dots on this thing that Judith was talking about earlier in the episode? Hmm. I don't know.
1: What are you, are you talking about? The wearing out strategy? Yeah, Yeah. Are they trying to wear
0: the Alexandria bullies out? Like, what's I think, your? I think Alpha's trying to wear down the uh, Michonne specifically. See, I, I still
1: think that there is I like from the one off walk whisper episode. I really do. I'm I'm a full time believer of the satellite thing. And like, here's the thing. Like Michonne, what she said here in this is like, you know, one time is a coincidence. You know, mm -hmm. one time's an accident, twice is a coincidence, three times a trend is is like broadly what she's paraphrasing. Um, That's actually a pretty like interesting Occam's razor kind of tool to have in your toolbox, your intellectual toolbox analysis, analyze stuff. But like when you have an unprinted. But it leads in people into trouble when you're dealing with a truly unprecedented event like a satellite falling mm-hmm. from Earth that could plausibly bring zombies from a thousand miles away in all directions. Like that is that is a very plausible scenario. So they could be doing brinksmanship where there's none that needs to be played. Um, and I I, I don't know, but I still think that that's probably right now. And and it would be a very interesting thing for The Walking Dead to play with that like neither Alpha nor the communities want a war but they're going to war because of each other's unperfect understanding of what's going on. That's fucking pretty cool
0: space to explore, I think. Lots of dramatic possibilities. Guess we'll see. Uh, Magna is super disappointed that they didn't try to hold off the walkers entirely, and she takes it out on Yumiko. Yeah, I talked, I already said my
1: piece on this. I think that this is an interesting thing to explore with their different power dynamic and relationship and all that kind of stuff. I just wish Magda had demonstrated a little bit more of a better head on her shoulders or like you can start off impetuous, but like learn that lesson over a season or two. But I don't feel like that's what's happened. she's just kind of like, uh, she comes across as a child wanting their parents to let them do something because they're grown and without having demonstrated the skill to do it. Kind of like, you know, let me Hmm. do it. I want to do it. Well, you're just going to fuck it up. No, I want to do it. You let him do it, they fuck it up. You know <laughs> Why don't you let me do anything? Well, because you suck. So, <laughs> Magna, stop stop sucking for a season, and then, yeah. then we can talk.
0: That's, Maybe that's take some I'm lessons to... from Judith. She'll teach yeah. you how to be cool.
1: Yeah, so she'll give you a friendly ear. Second like pair of eyes and a friendly ear. <laughs> I was Judith would probably say, you know, it's like sometimes uh, you know, my mom tells me I, I can't take juice in the to the living room because if I spill it'll stain the carpet and mm-hmm. I do it anyway, I guess what? I spill and stain the carpet. Then I then 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 I, I maybe wait for a birthday before I ask to take juice juice into the living room again. That's probably what yeah. she would say, and Magda'd be like, <laughs> Fuck
0: you, Judith. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you don't know anything, you're just a child. Uh yep. All right, Gabriel visits Negan and finds out that, uh oh, he's missing. And he tells Daryl. And then Lydia tells them that she's the one who led Negan out, voluntarily imprisons herself because that's what the town wants. And when Daryl comes to see her, she tells him all about the masks that Daryl's civilized people wear. And she says she belongs in a cell because it makes her feel safer. So Daryl lets her stay there. Yeah. She's playing it like I
1: uh, this the Alexandrians have played right into Alpha's hands by Mm -hmm. behaving predictably, because now Lydia, uh, who really wanted to give things a try and who is moved by, you know, adolescent love, but still genuine love to to try to be better and and take these people at their word, have found them to be hollow hypocrites. That sucks. If she ever makes her way back to Alpha, I imagine she'd be an even more devoted whisperer at this point. That really sucks so too bad we have to act
0: like that <laughs> and I'm I'm happy to see the walking dead go for a large a larger like overarching theme of these masks right and they've been doing it for a while now and I feel like this era of the walking dead when they do something like that it mostly pays off uh, this stuff is paying off I, I don't think it's cheesy I don't think it's overdone I think it's like You know, it's not the most perfect thematic uh, thing that I've ever seen done in a show, but it's also light years better than what they were doing in the previous seasons.
1: Yeah, I wonder how much of this comes from the comic book, the thematic stuff, because Kirkman was pretty good at doing that stuff, too. But like, I don't know that he's. Like this, this bringing back the analogy of Michonne and her uh, initial affect and King Ezekiel and how that's all still a mask in the mm-hmm. context of the whispers. That's, you know, eh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's above average storytelling. Um, sure. And I don't, I don't know
0: if that's something that came from Kirkman himself or or what. I mean, it's a hell of a lot better than the stuff they were doing with Morgan. And, and clearing and all that stuff like it, that stuff started out good but man they went overboard with it and man they kept yeah. that theme alive way too long and and never never did anything with it beyond the singular thing this feels yeah. like they're giving each character a, mo- a couple of moments to explore the theme of masks they're applying it to the larger community and the people inside of it, it I've, I've been pretty impressed with what they're doing with that stuff and instead of coming out of nowhere, it comes out of a,
1: a rich place in the character's history, like the mass uh-huh. stuff, you know, like uh, for Ezekiel, it's very easy to see King Ezekiel. I mean, he's talked about it, how that was literally a fabricated persona that he took yeah. on, you know, as a way to survive and then thrive in it. And Michonne, it's like it's a little bit of she never explained it that way. But like when she sits down, it's like, oh, yeah, I just come out of left field. And that's why it's like and I don't know some stuff with Magna and Sadiq, it's not like it comes out of left field. It's more of just like, we know so little yeah. because these characters were just parachuted into the main narrative because we killed big characters and we need, like oh, shit, someone's got to right. carry the plot and they were neglect. You know, it's like, I don't know how you do it better, but maybe, maybe weird ghost nightmares and childish tantrums. Isn't the best way to, to flesh out those characters. Sure. I know. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Because the other uh, thing is, like, I think that the, the other thing is, like, I if if they want to make it more cut and dry, like, they need better. Like, I, I totally believe that Miko could be overprotective and paternalistic towards this person. Like, that would be the natural way they would probably see each other, right? Yeah. But like, you know, it would be it'd be better if like she was Magna was bucking against stuff that was more cut and dry that way, and like Miko was really overextending herself. But like, it just they're not doing that story, and I think that's the story they're wanting to tell, but we'll see how it goes. Maybe, or maybe Magna's just a little bit dumb. And she needs a bucket of water with a some ice cream. as far as I'm yeah, concerned. good old ice cream, so yep. sort
0: her out. Report to the infirmary for an ice cream. <laughs> everyone loves ice cream. Uh-huh. Alright, Ezekiel comes back to Hilltop and tells everyone that, oh, I'm good now. Don't worry, Jerry. Uh, <laughs> you know, that stuff you heard about me wandering off into the woods to kill myself, mm-hmm. that's over. Uh, Luke says goodbye to his friends as the wagon preps to leave for Oceanside and in Alexandria Daryl scrubs the graffiti off the door. I, how On a scale of 1 to 10, how invested are you
1: in Professor's uh, Oceanside romance?
0: I, I guess I like him. Uh, he's one of the more well-defined characters of that group. Uh, I feel like the strongest the, the strongly defined ones are like Connie and Cal- Kelly. Um, yeah they they have actually given a plot that's worth a damn to do yeah they're real fucking characters luke is like Uh borderline that character i i i think he's you know just over the line he's good uh yeah the other two i don't know much about him so i don't care but yeah luke prison Competent bow girl yeah Yeah.
1: i I would like to and you know what i actually really the times where they've had a romance in the show that uh i've i've always been invested in because it's something yeah like romance happens everywhere in the middle of terrible wars natural disaster uh fam you know uh, love in you time saying love on the
0: battlefield is that what you're saying
1: can't any, anywhere anywhere <laughs> okay. uh, and and it's always been it's i was like that I, i'm a, i'm a little bit of a shipper so yeah i'm seeing several ships that could take flight ezekiel michonne ship that
0: strong ship yeah professor and and whomever i, I can't even I, remember him i mean it's a hell of a lot better than what's go, what went on with eugene and Rosita, right like i'm i'm nine times more invested yeah. in that in luke than i am in that whole thing so like yeah i've been like yeah yeah you Rosita, luke's got uh, like Rosita this awkward game. charisma i yeah i enjoy that character and i think like the the woman they had play uh fuck what's her name his his crush Uh, Oh, yeah. I can't remember her name either. She was also very cute. So, like, yeah, 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 let's do it.
1: Yep. Good, 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 good ship potential. And that's it. I want to see them on a boat. I want to see them on a boat, on a shrimp boat with Carol. Mm -hmm. Carol's going to sign with the Lovebirds and it's going to drive her (laughs) fucking crazy. Bottle episode. (laughs) A little fan service, little comedy stylings of mm-hmm. professor. Yeah. Odd couple.
0: Yeah, She's on speed. Concede. They're on the, the crack that is new love. Maybe that's one of the bonus
1: episodes that they're going to do. They're doing right now. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I seriously doubt it, but you can hope. Yeah. Hey, we were right about the Rin fair. That's true. That's true. And again, we're,
1: we're getting this bomb. We're getting yeah. this. We're totally yeah. getting this nuclear bomb. Did we talk about the scrubbing of the doors? Oh, no. Yeah, Daryl's like, that's the that's the the hopeful ending during the song about things falling apart and breaking Ugh. up because he mm-hmm. tried and it just didn't work. <laughs> it's a great, it's great emotional theme ender for the episode. But, like, did you think it's funny the scope of the graffiti that's in Alexandria? Like, it's not just Daryl's door. It's like the whole fucking place is tagged up, man. The streets. Oh, the sidewalks, the houses, the fence. You didn't see this. You I must have been like gone into the, the finishing your notes mode. For sure. Yeah. yeah. We went a whole like drone tracking shot of Alexandria. It's just <laughs> plastered. There's like 2030 silence to whispers in 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 sight of Daryl's front door. He's going to be scrubbing a long, long time. Wow. So much spray paint in the zombie apocalypse. That's yeah. shit. I guess
0: the I mean, shelf life on that's a long time. Yeah, and not not a ton of need for that. Like, that's not the first thing you grab off the shelf when you're scr- scrounging for supplies. So, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Spray paint.
1: But that's the episode. That's yeah, that's the it. episode. Alexandria, just just full of graffiti and broken windows now. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a commentary. Uh so that's going to do it for this episode, but we are going to have uh, a feedback episode on stereo.com dot slash bald move and, and also pay attention because we're also cha- announcing a couple other changes here. Uh, starting next week, we're going to start doing our live recording of this podcast on Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch slash bald moves. That's starting this next week. The episode five of season 10, we're going to record live on twitchtv slash bald move. And then immediately after that, so whenever that is in the morning, in the afternoon, it might be two o'clock, it might be two fifteen, it might be two thirty. We're going to start the feedback show where we're going to and we're going to do that on Twitch as well live, but we're going to run it through stereo.com dot slash bald move. So people that want to everyone can watch the feedback show, but people that want to can get on stereo.com and leave us feedback because um, it just doesn't seem like uh, the Wednesday night is, is, is moving people. Uh, yeah. it's it's not an, like like uh, shocking that an 18 month old show that everyone's seen before <laughs> is not getting a ton of feedback but if we have an existing audience on Twitch that are watching us live record we might be able to move a couple of those people uh, to, to help us out there yeah. I still like I, I can't wait to use stereo once we get back into a live environment um, where you know we can have big live watches and instant takes and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, hopefully later this summer when Walking Dead season 11 comes out but for now that's what we're going to do to tweak it. So this week on Wednesday night, uh, please show up at uh, uh, t- uh, stereo.com slash bald move um, for a little show. Jim and I will put on a little bit of a dog and pony. Hopefully people will come up and leave us some feedback at stereo.com slash bald move against a free app lets you leave uh, feedback to us in, in your own voice. Um, but yeah, check that out and we'll be back next week again recording live on twitch.tv slash bald move at 1 p.m. That podcast will come out later that night, but immediately after our recording, we'll start the feedback show on stereo.com slash bald move. Hopefully that's not too confusing for everybody. We'll see how it goes. We're, we're trying just trying to find new spots for this new technology yeah. to work in and uh, just plan around also continue to send us written feedback at watching dead at bald Cause we're going to be considering that uh, as we go into the half season mark. Um, you know what? We also could just dip into that to um do some early going stereo stuff you know oh yeah get, get the get, get prime the, prime the pump, pump primed yeah that's a good idea all right anyway next <laughs> Wednesday they're this Wednesday their final Wednesday night show they're going to move it to Tuesday you guys you guys know it all twitch.tv slash bald move uh, stereo.com slash bald move we'll see you next week for the next episode until then I'm Aaron and I'm Jim later